Welcome to Double Fries No Slaw. It is Thursday evening, September 30th. It's preview night. Richie, turn that off, please, on your phone. Um, We are previewing FSU Syracuse tonight. And from Noon's Magician, I I was saying this off air. This is not just to, you know, I don't know, kiss up or whatever. I'm trying to be appropriate on this. But – one of the best Twitter follows, like in the ACC. I remember when Bud ran Tomahawk Nation. Uh, that was like a great one. They were awesome. Um, but Noon's Magician, absolutely fantastic. From Noon's Magician, um, the SB Nation Syracuse affiliate, uh, Andy Pregler. Andy, how are you doing this evening? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Uh, really appreciate that we can talk about Syracuse FSU. And for the first time, I think in this entire history, Syracuse is somehow in the better position. Um, so I'm going to savor that. I'm going to enjoy <laughs> this one time that it happens and <laughs> we can go from there. So, um, all right, I want to get into that. Cause I want to, I have a couple, I have a follow-up or like an immediate thought <laughs> on it. Um, but no, I'm just going to ask that first. Like, let's just roll with that. Um, 2018, you guys beat the ever-loving crap out of us. It was 30-7. to 7. I don't know that we expected to lose like that going into yeah. it, but that that might have been a good – that was a that was a good Syracuse team with DeVito. Um, to be I think, I think the I think the change in mindset is that that game was like this one early in the ACC slot, and that year we had no idea if the team was going to be good or if the team was going to be like uh, five, four and eight, five and seven, which is typically where they had kind of lived. Yeah. And so that Florida State game was really the first upon which we kind we recalibrated expectations from going, oh, this is you know your average mid Colasac ACC bowl team too oh, this might be actually one of the better ACC teams. So we went into that game expecting the worst, being pleasantly surprised, and the momentum that came from that is the best season that Syracuse has had in a very long time. And in this game, um, prior to this season, if you had told me that Syracuse would be 3-1 and one going into Florida State, I would have been very pleasantly surprised. I, I think that a lot of people over on our noon site did not have a ton of confidence in this team, especially with the non-conference schedule laid out as it was. And... It's a situation where it's not necessarily just that Florida State's not great and Syracuse has the better record right now. It's just that the ACC as a whole looks like a complete you know chaos engine from week to week. So it's it's more or less, even if Syracuse loses this game, it's going to be a disappointment. But there might still be a path to bowl eligibility somewhere because like God knows what the ACC, t- your opponent your, is going to look like the next week when they roll into town. So you, you kind of mentioned, uh, you know, three and one and, uh, you know, to your average college football fan, you look at Albany, Ohio and Liberty, not that impressive to be honest, but you know, the, the Liberty is happened. impressive. All right. No, it's not TJ. This is not, this is not Liberty 2019. They were, they were at, get your yeah. Hober out of here. Let, they were, I'm trying to were, ask her guess a, a they were seven, question. They were a seven right, point ahead, dog. To, they were a seven point dog at home to Liberty, and it took a fluky play at the end for them to end up winning. So, yeah, beating Liberty is that wasn't impressive. That's a good win for Syracuse. That's a right. win on the schedule so far. So now that TJ's got that out of his way, <laughs> um, I, 
I think we can definitely throw Albany out the door, right? But the other two, Ohio, you know, Liberty, again, we don't know what they are. They We know they're really good last they're year. They're fantastic. Mess with TJ a little bit. They, they could be a good team this year, too. Um, but how much do you feel like you know about Syracuse at, after four games? Because at Florida State, I feel like we know a lot just because of who we've played at this point and how we've looked. Yep. But Syracuse, I've been looking back and trying to get a, a read on this team, and I just can't. And I, it, do you feel like you have a better grasp now than you did before the season? Or are you still – not that Florida State's going to tell you anything either, but it could be a long time before you know what Syracuse really has. Well, you you say all these things, and you're 100% accurate. Um, I think that the, the schedule so far has been impressive, and if you're really going to put a gun to my head, I would say that Syracuse probably should be 4-0. They should have beat Rutgers. That game was absolutely yeah. terrible. Rutgers tried to actively lose that game, and Syracuse – from a coaching standpoint, did everything possible to lose that game. So I think that that's really why, even as Syracuse fans, we know what the successful recipe looks like right now for this team. It's run Sean Tucker until his legs fall off, um, defense, bend, don't break, and force teams into passing situations. And then Syracuse can probably win ugly. Um, and it's really funny that you're kind of asking, like, do we have a good grip on this team? And the reality is, is because there is uncertainty at the quarterback position, we don't. Like, I'm refreshing right now my Twitter feed pretty furiously because Dino Babers is doing his weekly coach um, show that he does. And he's just dropping hints left and right that the quarterback uh, competition is still up in the air, that he's not committal on one quarterback or the other that all of a sudden backups getting more reps than starters in practice doesn't mean that, you know, that guy's actually going to be starting. They just want to see what it looks like with the first team. Like the whole thing around Syracuse being unsettled is not just because the schedule has been weird and the outcomes have been weird. It's because the coaching staff, at least what they're putting out there to the public is very disorganized and very confusing as well. So I, I think part of that is gamesmanship on Dino Babers' side. The other part of it is legitimately, I don't think this coaching staff fully knows what kind of team they want to be a month from now. And because of that week to week, they're just looking at it as we'll do whatever we can to win. And if that means we start Garrett Schrader and he can't throw the ball 10 yards down the field, but we're going to run a triple option out of the shotgun. Great. We'll do that against Liberty. Um, I have no idea what's going to be the recipe for success against Florida state, because as you kind of mentioned, this is the first time they're going up against some big boys who might actually have speed and athleticism to kind of counter yeah. these very basic strategies that they're going up against. Yeah, it's not the Florida State of uh, the 90s or even the early 2010s, but I did want to talk about the, you know Garrett Schrader and um, DeVito, Tommy DeVito, who really beat up Florida State last time we played. It's got to, I put my notes that I see Syracuse and Florida State as almost identical teams. We both want to run the ball. The defensive fronts both seem to be the strengths. Neither team can seem to throw the ball. And uh, Mike Norvell can't make up his mind if he wants Jordan Travis or Mike Norvell. Is that a, an accurate, just a very, uh, you know, uh, over, brief overview of what we're looking at this weekend? Yeah. Um, so Syracuse came out in its opener against Ohio and basically ran a very traditional um, RPO offense out of a, you know, out of a pistol or a shotgun formation, depending on what the specific lineup was. And in that game, it asked Tommy DeVito to make short, quick throws predominantly to the slot or to take shots over the top on easy go routes um, or to hand the ball off to Sean Tucker and, and let him do his thing. Uh, they have not 
ever really returned to that specific strategy. Instead, have been trying to play the more traditional Dino Babers, um, you know, vertical run and shoot concept, which I don't love because it hasn't been working. And I really think that there's starting to become this tension between people who are watching the games very closely and the coaching staff upon what they're showing in that we want more of that really basic RPO stuff. Syracuse's two best weapons are Taj Harris, who they've been predominantly lining up in the slot. I think looking at uh, Pro Football Focus's advanced stats today, he's lined up in the slot on 90% of snaps so far. And then you have Sean Tucker. And really, it makes a ton of sense to try to get those guys the ball in space as often as possible. And that seems to be running a quick read RPO system with the quarterback who's comfortable making those throws, which would be Tommy DeVito. It seems as of now, they want to trust Garrett Schrader. And while Garrett Schrader has his pros, his decision-making in the pocket and his ability to hit throws over the middle are definitively not his two strengths. Um. You said it, when you first started um, that you were surprised that Syracuse was three and one. Are you more surprised they're three and one, or more surprised that Florida State's zero and four right now? I mean, zero and four the, all the way. Like I listen, <laughs> I was a big Norvell fan when he was at Memphis. I really liked the program building he was doing there. I genuinely thought that you know Cincinnati or even Ohio State, like one of those Ohio schools, was going to come in and try to make him an offer that um, would pull him away from Memphis. And he did the right thing. He waited until he got his big power five offer. He waited until he got to the program like Florida state. And I understand that the roster construction before he got there was not ideal, but on paper, Norvell's the kind of guy that you would want to throw into that situation. It's not like he was ever working with gold at Memphis. And it's just apparent from, you know, the week of preview reading that I've been doing is just that the Florida state is, doesn't have the talent in the key areas where you need. And I'm going to borrow this quote from, uh, I listened to this uh, podcast split zone doer with, um, one of the guys there, his handle on Twitter is RJ writes, I Richard Johnson. Um, sometimes the game is as simple as blocking and tackling. And it really seems like the, that fundamental level is not there for Florida state, which really confuses me when you bring in somebody like Norvell to come in and kind of, at least if nothing else, I would have expected them to do those fundamentals. Fine. Maybe they don't have the flash. Maybe they, don't, they have the explosiveness that you typically see of even a mid to upper tier ACC team. But the fact that none of that is there, um, I think, goes to the tough schedule that you guys kind of alluded to. Like, you guys have played four teams so far. Um, the Jacksonville State game is still very confusing to me. But, again, another situation where when you listen to his uh, breakdown of it, the coaching decisions make sense. The execution and the follow-up just doesn't seem to be there at this point in time. Yeah, it's tough. Um, I think the simplest way that I've heard it is we, we can't block anybody up front and we can't beat anybody on the outside. Right. And yeah. so uh, David Hale of ESPN ranked our wide receivers 14 out of 14 in the ACC. Um, you know, we've got a bunch of guys that would be good number threes at other places. Right. Like good, good. If, if the top two or three or four cover guys are on somebody else, but you know, nobody that would be a number one anywhere else. And then the offensive line has done a good job in the run blocking game um, at times, but, but can't give Milton or Travis. And we got Travis hurt, you know, two games in and, you know, Milton's back there playing on one leg too. And so, um, definitely been a struggle for, for FSU on that side. Um, what are your biggest, so, you know, Florida state is slight favorite in this game. It's it line is held pretty strong at four and a half, um, throughout the week. What are your concerns looking at it from the, 
you know, the Louisville, Louisville perspective, do you think that line is set? We'll get into like some score predictions later. So you don't have to go straight into that, but um, do you think that line is set? Well, what are your concerns, you know, from the Louisville, I'm sorry, the Syracuse perspective. <laughs> um, I got my Louisville notes up last week. Cause I want to see how I did in this pick them thing that we'll do in a minute, but <laughs> what are your concerns from the, uh, from the Syracuse side of things? Yeah, I think ultimately, as you mentioned, um, I'm not too worried about the passing game. Uh, Syracuse has two really good corners in Deuce Chestnut and Garrett Williams. Garrett Williams is definitively an NFL talent. He'll be gone after this year, and he's probably a day one or a day two NFL draft kind of guy. Like, he's he's that good. And Deuce Chestnut is a true freshman who is doing all the fundamentals right. He makes an occasional freshman mistake, but you have to be a really good wide receiver in order to take advantage of, of what he isn't. Um, so I'm not too worried about that. What I am worried about is that the biggest issue with Syracuse's defense last year was their inability to stop the run game. Um, and I wrote about it on Monday for Syracuse, uh, for News Magician, that uh, David Hale, shout out to him again, posted the the explosive play rates uh, for defenses in FBS. And Syracuse ranked 10th. They're only allowing uh, an explosive play 7% of the time, which is fantastic. Um, and last year, that number was almost double because of how many big plays they'd give up on the ground. So when I dug into it more, um, their average yard, they're holding opponents just 4.2 yards per play, which is the 12th best in the country. And most of that is coming uh, via the run game. They're allowing just 2.3 yards per rush attempt. But a lot of that is because teams are opting to run the ball less against Syracuse than they do against other teams. Now, part of that is the Ohio game was a close game, um, but Syracuse really did have the lead for a lot of that. Uh, in the Rutgers game, Rutgers, even though they couldn't really run the ball, seemed determined to try to pass their way out of that game, which is why I said that they should, probably should have won that game. Albany trailed for most of the game. And Liberty, as you saw, like Syracuse went out to an early lead and they just kind of relied on Malik Willis to do his thing and they tried to pass their way into, the, into that win. So we've not yet run up against the team that has been committed to running the ball consistently against the Syracuse defense. And that's what concerns me about Florida state because everything, like I still have some PTSD from the cam Akers wildcat game that like, I know that if Florida state wants to, they will put a running back at the quarterback position. Syracuse will stack the box and Florida state will say, okay, we know what's going to happen here. We're still going to beat you. Um, I don't know if this year's Florida state team can do that, but Syracuse also hasn't been challenged in that way yet. And it would be very Syracuse to go on the road, play a team that is looking for any semblance of momentum. And they find it in this one very specific way that Syracuse is unable to stop because they just haven't experienced it yet this year. Yeah. And uh, remind me, what's your defensive coordinator's name again? Uh, Tony White. Yeah. So he was at Arizona State when Florida State played uh, the Sun Devils in that uh, Sun Bowl when Willie Taggart was still there. So, you know, th there's some tape hopefully to look at. Maybe we'll see. Uh, you touched on Syracuse's secondary and uh, they're solid for sure. But that what scares me is what they have up front. And wildly enough, uh, one of the guys that really stood out to me when doing some research, he's listed as a reserve in Cody Roscoe, uh, second in the FBS in sacks with five and a half, only behind Florida State's Jermaine Johnson at six. So one of those two will be the FBS leader in sacks after this weekend. And I think it might be Roscoe, but is he really <laughs> a reserve um, or is he just a pass rush specialist? That's that Milton, Travis, you know, Purdy, whoever we throw out there has to be ready for. So Tony White has shown a tremendous uh, amount of confidence 
in the rotations that they run on the defensive line, um, especially. And so because of that, the reason that Roscoe is listed as a reserve is because the starting three are all really experienced players who have been at Syracuse for a very long time. Um, Kingsley Jonathan and Josh Black, um, especially. And so if you're, if you're Roscoe, you know, you came into this year and you kind of expected one of those two guys to leave um, and neither did. And, and so Tony White is not going to say just because we have, you know, two fifth year starters and a fourth year starter, um, I'm, I'm not going to play anybody else. They, they tend to do a lot of rotations and snap counts and he's not afraid to say, I'm winning this matchup with this one player. So that's who I'm going to put out there. And so I think that's where Roscoe has really had a a benefit as opposed to some of the starters. Like I, at the beginning of the season, I thought Josh Black was going to be the MVP. He's going to be asked to do that nose tackle role of just eat up space and open up space for other players. And uh, what's, what's really come through this year is that while that may be true, Syracuse has done a fantastic job of just getting pressure because they have more fresh legs on the line and their linebackers have really improved. And as teams kind of focused in on the linebackers, it allowed for the defensive linemen to take advantage of teams trying to scheme for blitzes that aren't really coming. Like Syracuse is not blitzing a ton. They're really getting a ton of pressure with less than, you know, with five or less guys rushing, um, which is a testament to Tony White. I am I, the doom and gloom Syracuse fan in me goes that Tony White is going to be picked up this offseason by, a, t- by a, a, a team looking for a defensive coordinator upgrade because the, he literally came in and installed an entirely new system last year during all the COVID stuff that was going on. And in one true year has taken Syracuse's defense from one of the worst in the country and the worst in the ACC to one of the best in the ACC and arguably a top 30 unit in the country, which is just absolutely outstanding. So, um, Andy, we appreciate your time. We'll get you out of here in just a minute. We want to talk a little bit about what you expect. Um, as a result, we also do a pick them every week. Uh, it's an over-under series that we do, and we'll get into both of those in just a moment. But Double Fries No Saw brought to you by, for those listening and watching, brought to you by Guthrie's in Tallahassee. You can visit both their locations at 1818 West Tennessee and 2550 North Monroe. Tell them Double Fries No Saw sent you. Andy, have you ever been to a Guthrie's chicken? I- I have yet not been to Tallahassee. It's on my bucket list. Um, when I was in, when I was at Syracuse, I was actually the mascot and I never drew the Florida state game. So oh. I got a lot of trips. I got a lot of trips to that research triangle, but I don't have any down to Tallahassee. So it's on my bucket list. Um, you know, in a couple of years, I got some, I got a friend in Orlando. We're talking about, you know, in a year where things are a little bit easier to move around for, uh, we'll, we'll make, we'll make the trek and I'll have to try it out. Yeah, next time you're back in in two years, hopefully, um, definitely definitely try some Guthrie's. It is in Atlanta now. It's in if you're in a lot of parts in Alabama. If you go to Clemson, it's it's in some different cities. So, but don't don't order the coleslaw. I know you're up north, but like just trust me. Like don't order <laughs> coleslaw from a fried chicken place. All right. Um, so we're gonna talk a little bit about. Uh, our prize picks sponsored over-unders. Guys, we've told you about this before. Harlan should be back on Sunday, our producer. Um, he's made a killing on this prize picks app. So go download it. It is daily fantasy simplified it. You can use the code NOSLAW for a hundred percent match up to a hundred dollar deposit. And you can take different over-unders, different games. 
Uh, what's cool is all these other sports are starting up. It's not just football, but you can mix and match games. You can mix and match sports. You could take LeBron's over in points and Tom Brady's under in touchdowns and, you know, uh, you know, whoever. Evan Longoria's over in home runs, whatever, right? Like you can mix stuff all around. So prize picks is the app. Use code NOSLAW for 100% match today. All right, Richie. I did really good last week. Just want to let you know. I think I went four for five. I know you never recap them like you used to last year. Um, I wish you'd start doing that because I killed it last year and I'm killing it this year too. But I just want everybody to know that I went four for five last week and um, Richie didn't recap it because much like his picks on the website, it's probably not very good. So, yeah. all right, talk to us about this week though. Yeah, I think I went unofficially five for five for last week. Let's get right into this week. That and we have, we have Mackenzie Milton. Oh man, th these first two are really sad and it's going to tell us a lot about the game we're going to watch, but. Mackenzie Milton, the, the projected starter, um, Jordan Travis and uh, uh, Chubba Purdy both took reps with the second team this week at some point, but we expect Milton to play most of the game. TJ, I'll go with you first. 189.5 passing yards for Milton. I like the under. I don't think he gets that. Yeah, what do you think? He may have a good day. He may have a good day, but I don't think he gets 200 yards. Yeah. Know, so, Andy, what do you think? Yeah, that's that's a real tough one. Um, I, I think that if Florida State is smart, they're going to keep the ball on the ground more than they're going to try to air it out. So I'm going to go with the under. Even if Florida State wins the game, it's not going to be because it's not going to going to be because of Milton. Yeah, it, it's going to be unanimous. It's the under, right? Because either one uh, Syracuse gets up big, Florida State's trying to catch up, and Milton gets hurt, he can't push the ball downfield. Jordan Travis is healthier than we've been led to believe, and he gets more snaps. Uh, I just, I haven't seen anything. I, I don't think Florida state's offensive line can block, uh, Syracuse's defensive front. So, uh, he won't have time to make those throws. So I'll take the under, we'll go to the next one and reverse. You saw he made us go first though. Cause he's so bad at this, that he wanted to, as I just said, we'll go in reverse order this time. Uh, Garrett, Garrett Schrader. Oh my gosh. 119.5 passing Oof. yards. I'm, I'm smashing that under. Smash I'm, that under. He. I'm going under as well. See, Richie went last. Is, again. is he going to start? Uh, Do so, we know yet? That's what he uh, said. He doesn't know. Yeah. So Dino Babers just said that Garrett Schrader got the got more first team snaps than Tommy DeVito did in the in practice this week, um, and that they're running with the hot quarterback uh, from week to week here. So here's what's going to happen: either Garrett Schrader is going to play and he's going to be running an option, the option's going to do well, and they'll stay with him. If Garrett Schrader has to throw, you guys are going to watch some of the least accurate deep balls that I've ever seen thrown by a quarterback who came from the SEC, uh, and they'll put Tommy DeVito in. So there's zero. I would I would take the under at like a hundred yards for Garrett Schrader. Like I have I have zero confidence in him pushing the ball down the field in any way, shape, or form. I'll take the under as well. We'll rapid fire these last three. I'm taking Jay Sean Corbin over 94.5 rushing yards. TJ Andy, what do you think? I'm going under here, but just slightly. I think that just because he had a big game, I think it's going to be under. Give me under. I'll probably regret it. I'm going to say under just because I'm I'm overly confident in Syracuse's defense, um, and I think that overall, like this is going to be a really ugly defensive game. <laughs> All right, I I'm going to take another under in Tucker, 105.5 rushing yards. I think Florida State that rush defense is the one thing that you've that has showed up pretty much all season outside of some crazy misdirections against Wake Forest. I'll take the under, uh, Andy and TJ. I'll go under as well. Same reason. I like our uh, run defense. I like your run defense a lot. I'm going to be the Q Somer here. I'm going to go over, but <laughs> only because uh, I, I was watching some some of the replays. What the, Syrac the Syracuse offensive line is not good. 
what they do really well um, is when they get beat, they let their beat man get taken out of the play. And Sean Tucker is one of the best cutback runners I have ever seen. Like this kid uh, will go where players aren't. So unless Florida state's like hyper uh, disciplined, which it doesn't sound like they have been, I think Tucker's going to be able to make some of his own space, even if they'll, even if the uh, rush defense is in the backfield a whole lot. Yeah, and I saw he's campaigning to wear number 44 before he leaves Syracuse, and Orangeman Faithful knows what that means. Um, the last one, Ontario Wilson, three receptions. I don't know. I'm going to take a push, I guess, on this one. <laughs> and that's I understand that's playing like the worst odds of any angle you can take. I'm just going to take a push on three receptions for Wilson. TJ, what do you think? I have you no idea. can't even bet a push. Like That's not <laughs> even a real, like you can't bet a push. On the app, you can't. But when I come back here on Sunday for a reaction, I'm going to say I was right. Wilson had three catches for you're, nine yards. You're like finding new ways to be wrong. I'll go over. Um, I took the under on, th- on the same exact bet last week, and he ended up with four. So I'll go over. I'll go. I'll go over as well, just because as good as the Syracuse defense is um, in pass coverage, all you gotta do is move him. Move him inside. If if he's the slot guy and it's not Deuce or Garrett on him, he, he should be fine. So that is our Prize Picks segment. Again, go download the Prize Picks app. All of those uh, picks that we made are from the app that Richie collects and brings to us every week. All right, Andy, we'll go real quick. I gotta get out of here. Um, Tell me how you think this game ends up uh, going down. I don't know if you've done like an official score prediction or not yet, but like where where do you think this ends up and and how who comes out on top? Yeah, we'll have our full staff uh, predictions tomorrow morning. Um, I as I've alluded to many times, I don't love either team in this game. I wouldn't be surprised if this game ends in favor of either team. Uh, that being said, I I trust the Syracuse coaching staff to keep the ball on the ground and give it to Tucker. And unless a team does what nobody has done yet so far, which is slow him down, um, I think Syracuse is going to get just enough points. Andre Schmidt, the former Lou Groza Award winning kicker, missed a kick early in that Liberty game uh, that would have dramatically changed a lot of things uh, about the way that that game ended up. I don't think he uh, misses again down in Tallahassee. I think Syracuse wins this one by the butt ugly score of 13 to 10. Uh, oh. I don't think there's going to be a ton of scoring here. Mm. I think that Hammer gonna, that under, huh? Oh yeah. I'm taking that under even, I would even be as, I, I don't think that any team is going to first to 20 wins easily. I think first to 17 probably wins this game in actuality. So, so I just feel, yeah. <laughs> Florida State's run defense is, is, is good, but, um, yeah, their defense. Yeah, there's no way that Florida State's holding anybody under 20 for the rest of the year. <laughs> uh, they don't hold Jacksonville State under 20. Syracuse is going to move the ball. I like this to be. Uh, yeah, I picked this score before the season started, and I'm just going to stick with it. 35-21 Knowles. I'm, I'm trying to see how many games I can realistically keep my final score intact. I probably think it's not that. It's probably a little closer than that, but I want to see if I can hit it closer. From I, I only missed um, last week's game by one point. But for those keeping score at home, by the way, I, I took 31-24, and it was 31-23. So I'm riding the hot streak here. Richie? Yeah, what about your first three weeks, TJ? <laughs> I was really close on Wake and Notre Dame. Were you? Yeah. I had Notre Dame had two score. We lost by one score. I had Wake at three scores, and we lost by three scores. All right. Jacksonville uh, State, I missed. Well, I'm telling you, my picks are not yours. I know you think they are, but. Um. I, I'm with you, Andy. I I don't know what 
I have no confidence in this. And we had a Louisville guy last week, and I said the same thing. I I, I thought it'd be a one-score game. No idea who would win it. I picked uh, Louisville last week. Um, I'm just going to flip it this week for Syracuse for no real reason other than I hope that defense that showed up for the last 35 minutes against Louisville shows up. But if that defense that showed up for the first 25 minutes shows up at all, that's probably 14, 70 points for Syracuse right there alone during that time frame. Again, no real rhyme or reason other than we cannot go 0-5, right? So I'm going to take Florida State 30, Syracuse 23. I, I think 27 is probably the magic number for either team this week. I, I will yeah. tell you this. I, I appreciate your confidence in the Syracuse offense. I And maybe this is me just like wanting to die on my stubborn stump. No, I, we're I, confident I, in Florida State's defense. <laughs> I, I just don't think that there is any world where a Syracuse quarterback not named Tommy DeVito leads this team to more than 20 points a game with any sort of consistency against power five opposition. Um, so I, I, I think the Syracuse defense is criminally underrated, uh, but I will say this. Uh, if Syracuse loses to Florida State, I think it could be a really big turning point for both programs. Like Syracuse, there's a lot of fans waiting to jump on Dino and and start the fire Dino chance. And I feel like this would be a nice win for Mike Norvell to, to right the ship. So is, I, that, is that's losing, the part that scares me. Is losing on the road, though, in Tallahassee, I know Florida State's not good, but is losing on the road in Tallahassee like enough to start the fire Dino train? It shouldn't be, but after the Rutgers game, uh, it things are things are not positive, and a lot of fans went into the season saying that unless there was six wins, there's no way that Dino should be brought back. And so I think that a lot of people are going to see 0-4 Florida State. They're going to see the struggles that Florida State has had against other ACC opposition. And if Syracuse can't do what Wake, can't do what Louisville did, ignoring how good Wake is and how Louisville probably isn't as big of a dumpster fire as we think it is, I think a lot of fans are just going to make that quick comparison and say, okay, he can't get it done. Yeah. And that's, and rest, and, yeah. And the rest of the schedule is not a, not a super easy path to wake. You've got waking Clemson. I'm sorry. Super easy path the six. You've got waking Clemson at VT, Boston college, Louisville, NC state and Pitt. So definitely, uh, it definitely gets tougher after you play a bad Florida state team. So yeah, Andy, thank you so much. Where can people find your work? Where can they find more about you? Um, what yeah. you do covering Syracuse. Yeah, for sure. Head over to noonsmagician.com for all of our football uh, coverage that we'll be having all season long. We, you know, we'll kick into basketball high gear a little bit later, but right now football still has a bull chance. So we're all football. Uh, and then you can follow me on Twitter at AC Pregler, uh, post all my stuff there, post a lot of Syracuse related content over there. So thank you guys for having me. This was a really great time and uh, looking forward to the game on Saturday. Awesome, man. Good luck. Have a good Thanks, one, Sandy. Andy Pregler of Noon's Magician, um, talking all things FSU Syracuse with him. Um, yeah, I mean, I think we find a way to win this. We we did our staff predictions. They'll come out. The article will come out tomorrow morning on doublefriesonsaw.com. Um, we were split, 5-5, five and five, which I feel like is good for an 0-4 team. So some confidence in the fan base. I feel like people think we'll win this. I don't know. I don't Sounds know right for a four-and-a-half-point spread to have a 5-5 five, five split. Yeah, I mean – it sounds it's good for this team. Up. Yeah. <laughs> so I like they're we playing in Tallahassee. I like they're playing in Tallahassee. I like that as bad as we've been over the last couple of weeks, um, there really hasn't been a lot of quit in the team. See if Norvell can get the team up one more time and, and it pay off with a win. Um, I don't know that it will, but I hope so. Uh, Richie, you got anything else before we get out of here? 
Uh, no, real quick, Florida State did pick up a basketball commit, Tom House, who was at the game last week against <laughs> Louisville. Um, the three-star unranked guy, uh, kind of a last-minute offer from Hamilton. He picked Florida State over Georgia. Really good deep threat, uh, but just getting started on this class. And uh, other than that, not, nothing else. Just I really hope we don't have to hop on here on Sunday talking about an 0-5 football team. I, I don't know why. I have a good feeling about this game, and that's probably bad news for Florida State. So uh, I'm sorry, guys. We'll see what happens. At this point, I'm pretty numb. So if we have to talk, exactly. if we have to talk about an own five team. We have to talk about an own five team. Like at this point, like I'm just I'm dead to the world. So um, I'm my, gonna go my, watch. My eyes are all on Sunday night. Tom Brady's return to New England. So that, that's what I'm looking forward to this weekend. That'll be a fun. It'll be fun. Um, I think that'll be a fun game. Like. Like the pregame and stuff like that. But yeah. I think the Bucs are going to win by like yeah. 30. Like well, I think it'll be boring by like halftime. It'll be cool because in the first half, Tom Brady's likely going to set the all-time NFL passing record in Foxborough in a Buccaneer uniform, which is just weird to say. He yeah. 64 yards. <laughs> it'll be – yeah, he'll probably do that on the first drive. Uh, it'll uh, – yeah, I'm excited to see what all they do for him coming back. I, I, you know, the game itself, I mean, I mean, yeah. the Bucks don't well, blow them out. It'll be trouble. I'll, I'll probably fall asleep before it's over, but yeah, I'm with you, TJ. The pageantry is, is what I'm looking forward to. Did you see that little, like, and then early second? night? Yeah, exactly. Did that was see? amazing. Hello. Seven yeah, o'clock. So yeah, that was good. The the Adele song is with the clip. Shout out to the Patriots social media team. Yeah, that was fantastic. That's my shout out. The Patriots social media team tonight. Bridgie has the, the craziest shout outs when it's not wedding season, but we're in the fall. So at least he's got yeah. good friends. Um, all right, cool. Well, we will see you guys on Sunday, win, loss, or draw. Hopefully it'll be a win though, because I'm tired of talking about us losing. So um, TJ Pinger, Richie Barnes, we will see you guys on Sunday until then go Knowles.